The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Fresh off of the dirt in Bristol, we are talking racing things. It's a NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, And Cody, I'm not sure that there were enough showers in the world to get off all of the filth from this entire weekend of racing. Cody, I am raw. I have scrubbed every piece of me to try to get just the nastiness off. And it's still there, Cody. It's still there yeah in our defense we did say to go a little lighter this week and uh that was probably good advice because uh man it just it was another rough week it uh yeah just things didn't go correctly the way we thought they would we were close on a few things uh you had the great call in larson i think for a bit until he fucked that up we'll obviously get in that uh but yeah just as far as betting wise rough weekend i thought the racing was pretty good uh, some things you could nitpick at, but overall, I think that, that it was very good racing. I enjoyed it. I thought that they did a great job of, uh, the surface was just spectacular this year. Like uh, we talked about how we thought it would improve, uh, and it did. And so, you know, third time's a charm, I guess maybe that's the last time we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, not great betting weekend, but, but from a racing aspect, I thought it was a very good competitive race and, uh, a lot of action nonstop throughout the day. And it wasn't, you're right. I mean, there was fantastic racing all around. And I feel like they, the drivers had a much better feel this time around than they did the the last couple of times. But uh, obviously we knew cautions were going to be a thing. Um, and look, for those of you who, uh, who played along with us in the, uh, in the prop market, in the the prop contest, uh, we will get those all added up. I, I didn't have a chance to today, Literally, I've only been home for about 45 minutes, all told today. So uh, I will be able to get to him tomorrow. We'll add them all up. We'll figure out what happened. Cody, did you keep track of yours? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I didn't, but I know that my two biggest things were, uh, obviously, I went, went way in on uh, under 27 and a half, I think it was, for the first caution, which was easy hit. I told you I wanted to put all 10 units on it. You should have <laughs> let me because I would have had 100% profit. And then the other one I had was, number of cautions and uh i feel like that was my other other biggest one and that seemed like an easy over as well i think that almost doubled that number or or something close to it you know it's funny because at, at, right off the bat i thought oh junk here we go well no, actually no because we were at we were at nine cautions and it was like it was what two-thirds away we'll talk about that later but i i thought i had it so i but why, what i want to know more than anything cody how are my handicapping skills did did they work uh, out I thought they were pretty good. I mean, there was a couple things like uh, as far as like over under on laps led, like you put it at 99 and a half, didn't you? Yeah. And Bell led a hundred laps. <laughs> like that's right. On, again, we talk about, you know, with the passing yards, they hit it at, you know, it's like 295 and a half and the quarterback throws for 295. And it's like, how do they get it so close? You were spot on there. Uh, yeah, I think that that. You handicapped a pretty good job on uh, on most of those. Uh, if you're listening, books, uh, you can contact me uh, at the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Uh, we can we can work some stuff out. I'd love to handicap for you. Apparently, I've got a knack for it. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, but really, like I said, overall, I, I do think the racing was good. I thought the trucks did uh, well as well. Um, but I want to also shout out to uh, Joy Logano, who 
Found out firsthand that karma will bite you in the ass, my friend. If you go <laughs> spouting your mouth off the next day, karma's not going to like that, and you're going to show you exactly who's boss. Am I right or am I right? Yeah. Uh, wow, what an easy day he had <laughs> on uh, Saturday night. He was out for just a Saturday night cruise on the dirt road. Uh, never, never struggled. Ryan Blaney possibly had the easiest job in the world. Uh, every, every caution, he just had to say, all right, you've got the start here. And you're clear, and uh, that was about it. <laughs> and and so never, when are we going to go to tacos to after this? <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah. Ryan Blaney found his way to victory lane, which is probably good because, as we've been discussing in the Discord, he might not ever see it again <laughs> as far as uh, his Cup Series driving side of things. It's, we'll have to talk about that, but it's been a rough go for Blaney. Yeah. I, I mean, look, here's the thing about Blaney, too, in that he, when he was on the, the radio, it just was funny to listen to him just sort of get all, you know, uh, just talk. And that's what I'm saying. They probably were talking about what they were going to do after the race. So it was like, hey, what are you going to do after the race? Oh, I don't know. I was planning on going out and doing this because you're right. He didn't have much driving to do. And and it's not to say that I don't think these guys get cocky all the time, but like, come on, Joey, like really show a little bit of humility. You're up, you're over here racing against all of the truck drivers. What did you think was going to happen? Like, He's been feeling it up, up until – the cup race i mean he had had nothing but success on on bristol dirt he'd been good every time we talked about it in the discord on sunday morning like maybe he's a guy that we need to keep an eye on because of all the success he had had so i think he started to feel it and uh, like you said karma got him well karma got him in a, in a big heaping dose of cars in the back too because they definitely uh were not letting up on him but i will say they all these races this weekend took place at night there were no need for sunglasses, but you, my friends, you may need some sunglasses coming up soon, and we've got some exactly for you. It's called the folks at Shady Rays. They got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades. You get customizable snow goggles and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company. You get world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single sunglasses, every single pair that you buy is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break a pair even on day one like me i'm pretty good at breaking some stuff so if i can break it in seconds it's cool man shady rays is going to give me a brand new pair they're not even gonna ask me how i did it which is perfect because everybody else is gonna ask me how i did it shady rays you can wear with confidence because they got your back after you purchase plus you can look good and feel good to date they've donated over two or 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange it for a new pair or return them for free within the first 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Team's always got your back. And so for you, exclusively for you, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code SGPN. Forget this. 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Go treat yourself. Go try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred thousand people treat yourself as well i man i need to get a pair of shady rays because uh I, you're going out to the racetrack you could use shady rays i was out on the softball field uh, with my daughter's team tonight practicing definitely could have used some shady rays there because the sun was blinding of course we were looking straight into it so that was a lot of fun definitely needed needed a pair there so uh i might have to make that investment of 50 percent off Pretty good deal. Two or more pairs. I could have used them at the zoo this weekend. I was staring straight at the sun when I was trying to look at the giraffes. It definitely doesn't work. So <laughs> Shady Rays is my first stop once I get done off of here. Uh, all right. Go. So, again, we talked about it. There was both of the truck race and the, uh, and the cup races this weekend. So, really, Cody, the biggest takeaway for me for this weekend is I feel like as, as exciting as the racing was, this this whole Saturday and Sunday, it might be time. It might be time to move on to something else for a little bit. Break the glass a little bit in a couple more years, right? Don't make this an every year thing. I think if we make it an every year thing, we get too spoiled, and then it stops being fun. I don't know if I'm alone in that. Yeah, so, I mean, they did not announce during the race that they were selling tickets for next season, which, of course, has everyone speculating, right? We talked about that. 
uh, Friday with Phil that that they had announced that last season. Uh, but then, you know, Texas had done it with the All-Star race and then didn't get the All-Star race this year. And, and so that could go either way. But the fact that they didn't even announce it is very telling. There wasn't very many people to announce it to, unfortunately, which I'm sort of torn on. You know, you see all the old old guard of, of NASCAR fans harping on. There's nobody in the stands like, Okay, yes, there wasn't a lot of people in the stands. That is a very big, there's a lot of stands there, for one. It's also Easter Sunday, so that's probably going to pull some people away. There may be over the dirt thing, but they had people in the past, which Bristol Dirt, or before it was Bristol Dirt, and it was just Bristol in the spring race, wasn't pulling people either. So that's not any different. Um, And it's more of a made-for-TV event, I think, than necessarily for in-person. I mean, you're on Fox. You're in prime time on Sunday night, the busiest night of the year for our busiest night of the week for TV in prime time on the main channel on Easter. You got the captive audience like I think that's what they're more going for. So and uh, I think a lot of people don't understand they run like 50 events on Bristol Dirt besides just the cup race. It's not just built for that. So but I do think it is. I still want to see the dirt race. I know a lot of people are over the dirt. I love that. I thought it was a fun race. Not a lot of passing for the lead, but there was a lot of action throughout the thing. I mean, there were four or five wide at times. Cars are spinning around and keeping going. McDowell was like just spinning around for fun out there. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a good time, and like we talked about on Friday with Phil as well. I think maybe we just need to put it at an actual dirt track, and maybe it rotates. You know, we go somewhere else for three years. Knoxville, how about that? We could just go to Knoxville permanently, so I can go to that race every year. I'd be fine with that. That'd be great. Uh, but there's Eldora. There's plenty of other dirt tracks that could be outfitted that are already, you know, in the already set up in the you know across this country that that are put on good shows, put on good racing, and could use you know just some maybe slight facility upgrades to hold a cup race. Uh, but I think dirt could continue to be a thing, whether it needs to be on Bristol or not. I think is is the biggest question. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I, I I'm I'm not over the I'm. Not over the dirt either. I, I really do believe that it should still be in there. But like I said, maybe maybe rotate it to a new track. Maybe just rotate it out. Pick a pick another race to kind of take it. And yeah, and I wasn't too look. At, I'm a guy that watches the XFL. I'm not necessarily worried about the the butts in the seats, man. I I don't necessarily <laughs> think of a not full coliseum is always. Well, and I think that a lot of people don't like. A lot of people equate that to just like. Well, this was a complete failure if nobody showed up. Like, that's let's pump the brakes on that because that's not necessarily true. Like, uh, most of the revenue for the the place doesn't come from the butts in the seats. Like, they get a good chunk of the TV deal as well. And, and there's plenty of other circumstances and scenarios. They've got suites. They've got all these other things you can't necessarily see and things going on and at the track, around the track, in the community, blah blah blah. Like. Butts in the seats is nice to see. Of course, we'd love to see a full track. And NASCAR's had how many sellouts this year already? Like they've been doing fine in that, as far as that goes. But it, it's not just an, an automatic equation to this was a success or this wasn't a success. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not really worried about it. I know that NASCAR's got what they're going to do and, and be fine with it. But uh, you know. Whatever. So let's. There's been a, a couple of big news events that have come out. So let's let's talk about that for a hot second. Cody, where do you want to go first, man? Yeah. So uh, we saw. I think it was Saturday night. The Rick Ware Racing announced that Cody Ware stepping away due to a personal matter, and Matt Crafton would be put in the car. Thought it was a little bit strange when they took Ware's name off of the front of the car and replaced it with Crafton. If you notice, Chase Elliott. Uh, his name is still on the car, despite Josh Berry and uh, Jordan Taylor have been in it for five, six weeks at this point. It's still Elliot's car, still says Elliot on it. Well, it comes out today. Cody Ware has been uh, indefinitely suspended by NASCAR. Uh, let's see. I got the story right here. Uh, he was Erdale Ur- County, uh, North Carolina, which is Statesville, basically. Uh, North Carolina right there near near the Charlotte area, uh, online jail records show Cody Shane Ware, age 27, was taken into custody on charges of assault on a female and assault by strangulation slash inflict serious injury. So that is not a good thing. Um, charges uh, alleged the assault happened Monday night, April 3rd. 
Uh, it's classified as domestic violence and aggravated assault with aggravated personal injury with personal weapons, quote-unquote, of hands, fists, and feet. His bond was set at 3K, and he's no... Why was this bond only 3K? That makes no sense to me, but that's a whole other story. Uh, and he's no longer in jail. Obviously, he's been bailed out at this point. But uh, when it comes to these types of things, NASCAR doesn't fuck around, basically. Uh, it's up to their discretion on whether they suspend someone or not when there's charges pending. Of course, we know you're innocent until proven guilty. We want to stress that. If he did do these things, then yes, that makes him a horrible person. He should pay to the full extent of the law, of course. But it is alleged at this point, and, and you are innocent until proven guilty. So keep that in mind as this goes through the process. We saw back with Kurt Busch a few years ago. There was a bunch of allegations. Came to find out maybe not all of that was true. Charges were dropped, and it didn't didn't seem like that really happened. Not saying at all that this is the case here, but just remember, you're innocent until proven guilty. But he is suspended indefinitely in the meantime, uh, and Rick Ware Racing, he is on the entry list for this weekend, but obviously won't be at the race. Uh, Rick Ware said that they are working on plans, and we'll have an update on, on who will be filling in in the 51. They continue. They will continue to field that car and race and show up on a week-to-week -week basis with, with both of their vehicles. I wonder if that puts them in a position where they'll cycle through uh, a bunch of guys. I mean, Crafton probably was an easy call-up because he was in the truck series, and it was like, all right, here we go. Well, so, man, that happened on Monday. I don't know why it took <laughs> – why we didn't find out until Saturday. I mean, that part is kind of like if, he, if he'd gotten arrested like Friday night or Saturday, then I get it seems kind of weird i don't know and, and you generally at that point want to find someone close to similar in size i know where's a little taller of a guy but they fitted things out for craft and i made it work it did make me think okay so you look at the ford pipeline right and who could potentially step up into this and just get some time it's it's not going to be a competitive car we know that it's uh, i mean on super speedways you got talladega coming up somebody could do some damage in that but who could just get seat time get time and experience in a next-gen car that is in the Ford pipeline. Of course, Crafton is an option. He doesn't have much of a Cup Series future, of course, right? He's a 40-year-old who's been in, in the Truck Series for a long time. Uh, but you have Zane Smith, of course. He's been making some starts for front row. He seems to be poised to be the, one of the next guys coming up. Uh, Riley Herbst is a name that's out there. He's already run for Rick Ware this season and is going to – I think he's got some more scheduled starts in the number 15 car uh, for them, which is their generally rotating car. Ben Rhodes is in the truck series. He's, you know, a guy that, that has a potential future coming up. Cole Custer would be a great veteran fill-in. Of course, he's already, you know, had a season in these cars, has the experience he's filling in, or he's full-time now in Xfinity series. Um, so those are kind of the names that popped up, at least in my mind, as far as guys who could potentially get in this car. Whoever's in this car, it's probably not going to make much of a difference. It, it just kind of is what it is at this point with Rick Ware. They've, they've gotten a little better, and Yaley showed a little splash of something in the heat race. That was fun and exciting, and I tried to warn people away from betting on him in the Discord, but I think a few still got on him. That was just never going to work well. But uh, So, I, I mean, at Talladega, of course, you're going to pay attention to whoever's in that car because anybody can do anything at Talladega, but... It'll be interesting to see. I think that if you do get a guy like Zane, if you do get a guy like Riley, just getting them the 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 seat time and experience in these next gen cars could help if they are full time with Stuart Haas next season or in any of these other forward rides that are out there. <sighs> yeah, we'll keep an eye on that situation. Obviously, just a crazy, crazy thing <laughs> that happened. And yeah, I mean, from a betting aspect, maybe we do turn our attention to some Rick Ware cars if they get a guy like Riley Herbst on there. I wouldn't I wouldn't think so, but maybe the <laughs> maybe books... Maybe in, in the, the shitbox uh, yeah. groups at the back. Right? Yeah, maybe like Group W or something. Yeah. Like so. <laughs> group, in Group Z, maybe we'll bet on Riley Herbst. Maybe. Um, all right, listen, we got to step away for a break. When we come back, we'll talk about our truck uh, exploits and all of the bets that uh, had me burning my tickets at the end of this. <laughs> We'll be back after 
We tell you about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy is your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Go head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, so the trucks took to the track first. They got first dibs on it. Um, All in all, Cody, like I said, I I thought this was a good race. Um, I was frustrated by the uh, many, many cautions. I I knew they were going to be on their way, but, I mean, come on. Like, honestly, there was a lot more cautions than I would have wanted, 11 of them to be exact, in a uh, 150 lap race. There were 66 total laps of cautions. That is more than ha- almost half of the race under caution. That's frustrating. Yeah, that's that is a lot of caution laps. Uh, this was actually so for the first time since stage racing has been implemented. This was the first time that you had the same drivers finish first, second, and third in both stages and the race, which is very actually impressive. Uh, of course, you know, that kind of goes to show you that it maybe wasn't the best of of races towards the front. We talked about Joey just kind of ran away with things and there wasn't really much action up front. But throughout the field, there was plenty of action. Uh, and I thought it was still a fun competitive race. The cautions, I mean, when these guys just they don't they're not used to running on dirt and it just these 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 vehicles aren't on dirt much. You're, it's going to lead to a lot of cautions. I don't know that there's really a way to avoid that. And that's just kind of the price you're going to pay it. So it sucks that there is so many cautions. Uh, the nice part, uh, and somebody mentioned this in the discord, they do get back to racing quicker because you're not waiting for the pit stops, right? There's no live pit stops. So uh, that part of it was really nice because somebody spins out, they get them righted, and then we're going green again pretty quickly. Uh, it sucks for the rhythm part of things, but uh, overall I still felt like it was a, a pretty good race. Joey Logano, the winner of this one, led 138 of those 150 laps. The dude literally just plowed away with everything. Matt Benedetto got 11 laps in there, and Ty Majeski managed to lead exactly one lap on the night. Cody, really what made this race, I think, overall was just, again, the lack of pit strategy. You know, there was strategy, obviously. Do you pit on the first caution? Do you pit on the second caution? Uh, stage caution, rather. Um, or, or you know, do you pit somewhere? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all you had. Do you pit on the first stage right. caution or the second stage caution? And, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it just, that that sort of did not shake up the field the way it is. You know, you don't, you don't care about your pit crew getting, hitting the right time or speeding on pit road or speeding off a pit road. So, it's well, it easy for Joey to, to keep you that. On a- on a normal week, how much the pit stops matter. I mean, the pit strategy, when you take tires, when you don't, when you're putting fuel in, when you're not, mistakes by the driver, mistakes by the crew, everything has to go smoothly. And I mean, how many times have we seen it? Denny Hamlin last week at Richmond, pit stops are what killed that bet for us. Like he had one of the fastest cars, got caught speeding twice. You don't have that type of stuff here. And so, I mean, it goes to show you how much those affect the races and how we want to have the pit stops. We want to have the pit, the pit, everything that is involved in that as part of the normal week to week racing, uh, because it does it does change things up, make things more excited, exciting. Uh, it's just, I mean, for safety reasons, the transition from dirt to concrete, and it just it doesn't work at this track on the surface. But it's a one off as far as the Cup Series goes. So it just kind of is what it is there. But uh, yeah, that that does make it a lot tougher and makes things a little bit more chalky as far as up top. Uh, yes, it does, in fact. And that's really what it what it all boiled down to. And and look, we kind of thought that this was going to go in a manner that it did. Just none of us really saw Joey Logano coming and tearing it up like he did. Yeah, I I mean, I expected him to be good, of course. He's a truck series or cup series champion of last season, right, in the truck series. But that's not always equated to them just dominating it. Uh, and, and yes, he had won here on cup in the dirt, but that was the very first season. And, and so I think there was a lot of unknowns. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all those short, tr- or uh, 
yeah, Thor Sport trucks looked really good. I mean, they dominated all the heat races. They mostly started up front, and they were fast all day. And Joey just proved why he's the reigning Cup Series champion, right? Well, at least in the truck series. We'll get to what happened <laughs> in the next day. But, yes, for sure, he did prove it on the on the lesser track. But, all right, we had bets that we actually placed on this. And, uh, I mean, look, some of them were well thought out, and then they all just sort of went to hell. But, Cody, I'll let you start with your first one. Well, I cashed the first one, so we'll start there. We could just end there as well if you want. <laughs> uh, I had William Byron top five, minus 105. This one was pretty easy. Uh, he finished third in stage one, third in stage two, and third in the race. So, again, uh, just kind of sat sat in third all day. Started a little farther back, but uh, once he, let's see, he ended up, so actually he started in 14th, so he did have to fight his way up there. But like I said, he was third by the end of stage one. Didn't have anything from a Jeskier Logano once he got up there, but uh, held, his, held strong all day right there in that spot and easily cashed the top five, uh, minus 105. Yep. I mean, again, I almost thought he was going to have something for, for Joey anyways toward the, the end there, and that never did come to fruition. Uh, he just, you know, he, he didn't have it. I don't think he had exact the same sort of a feel for it than, uh, than did Joey Logano. So, like I said, I thought he was going to make a run for the lead, uh, but he did cash the top five, which was kind of never in doubt. Yep. So, um, all right, my next bet was Nick Sanchez as a top five car, and boy, did that plummet i mean he started what 17th uh or actually he started in i was just looking at it right there he started in 17th yeah and he finished in 18th he didn't really have any sort of speed whatsoever he just he didn't look good on the dirt i'll tell you that much right now he just sort of was in the middle of the pack the entire time and then like i said with no pit strategies really to be had there was nothing for him to to really no way for him to improve other than through driving and obviously that didn't happen and we didn't cash our Nick Sanchez top five bet. Yeah, it just I, I think he ended up getting spun later on in the race too, and things just just didn't go his way. Again, he was coming off of a really good run last the previous week at Texas. Had looked strong. We know that these trucks are strong, uh, so kind of just leaning into that. Good value, but just didn't show up. This next one, a heartbreaker. Parker Kligerman. I had him at a top five plus three fifty. Later on in the week, I'm listening to Full Tank with Phil and Derek Yoder over on the Betting Preview Truck Series podcast. Derek brings up the fact that they had Parker Kligerman on All Things Go earlier in the season, or like right before the season that started, I think. And he had talked about how they were going to win at Bristol. And I'm thinking, oh, that top five is feeling so good. So, so in, in uh, the qualifying heats, he ends up starting in 21st. But by the end of stage one, he's up to 10th already. Here comes Parker Kligerman. And then much like Ryan Blaney, bad luck strikes again. Kligerman just cannot avoid things, gets caught up in it, and his day is over early. Uh, man, it was just unfortunate because he looked fast, climbed 11 spots through stage one. So it was he was coming. I think he could have uh, finished top 10 and pushed for a top five had he been able to run the whole thing. Uh, unfortunately, just was not the case. So. Man, plus three fifty. This one felt felt really good for a bit uh, before it before it withered away quickly. Yeah, definitely felt bad for Clickerman because there was a lot of folks that were talking about him, and then next thing you know, the truck is uh, not running anymore. So yeah, definitely feel bad for the guy. Um, I feel bad for Christian Eckes who uh, did not get to finish this race. He ran ninety six laps before getting wrecked out. I am so sad. I had Christian Eckes over Corey Heim on this one. And uh, to his credit, though, Corey Heim actually did not have a terrible day. In fact, he was uh, in the mix for a second. He was in some conversations. Uh, he did end up finishing 15th, so not a, not a bad day for Corey Heim. That 11 truck was was running pretty well, but um, I thought Eckes had a, a better shot, and in fact, if he would have been able to run a lot more laps, he may have even had way more better of a shot. But unfortunately, it did not come to pass because... That ugly red crash is right by his name, and uh, it just, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off that we didn't even get to see this one play out all the way till the end. Uh, it was the four truck. In fact, it was a Sanchez crash. Sanchez, uh, and then the 38 of Zane Smith and Christian Eckes all taking each other out in that wreck. Yeah, that was a rough one. I also, uh, well, I had Zane Smith part of that wreck as well. I had him over Ty Majeski, minus 115. 
Zane Smith comes out, looks good in his heat race, gets the most passing points. He starts on the pole. I'm thinking, all right, here we go. Uh, but he did not have it from the drop of the green flag. He quickly gave that uh, lead up. I think Wanjeski took it over right away. And then, yeah, he just kind of fell off. Eighth in stage one, eighth in stage two. And then, like you said, he was caught up in that uh, spin out. Still ended up finishing the race, but all the way back in 21st. Majeski uh, started second, second in stage one, second in stage two, second to end the race. So uh, Majeski looked very strong. Again, this was just looking at his lack of dirt experience in the truck series and overall just period um, and hoping that Zane could be Zane. And Zane was Zane in the heats and then wasn't really Zane after that. And uh, Majeski was the better looking of the two. Uh, also, I had Zane Smith at a top five, uh, plus 115. Again, that felt really good after qualifying heats, and uh, he's starting up front. Looked like maybe it had a chance, and then, uh, yeah, that was about the end of that hope. Well, but Zane was in the top 10. I mean, he was in the top 10 for almost the entire race. I mean, he finished in uh, seventh place in both stages one and stage two. So it wasn't if he wasn't in the mix. It just he got caught up in that that four nonsense. He got collected in that wreck that just, man, it's just, it sucks. That's where you, yep, you got nowhere to go and, and just ends up in it. And that kind of ruined the rest of his day. Now, speaking of ruining the rest of your day, how about Taylor Gray? Uh, that poor kid, he did not even get a chance to show anybody this, what he this could was do. early. <laughs> yeah, this was a lap eight wreck. This was one of the first ones uh, that took some st- uh, some folks out. Uh, and, and, but look for Taylor Gray, he started ninth and he was fighting around the front, uh, in the beginning. I mean, obviously he wasn't going to probably end up, uh, having anything for Joey Logano cause not very many people did, but he definitely was Taylor Gray way up in front and Matty D way in the back. And that's how it was for the first nine laps of this race. And I thought for sure we'd get a great, uh, opportunity for this to cash. Then unfortunately he gets collected. No more Taylor Gray. Doesn't matter what Matty D does anymore. And then Matt runs a, a damn strategy call that puts him in the front for 11 laps and keeps him in the front for a better part of that race. Uh, I was a little bit ticked off that that strategy call worked, and he ends up finishing in second place. Or no, he doesn't finish. He finishes in 24th because of karma, but, you know, still. No, he finished. Matt finished 10th. Jesus yeah. Christ, Rod. Read. <laughs> read what's in front one, of it's you. All, it's right on one of your sheets there. <laughs> uh, finishes in 10th. He started but. in 24th. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, you know, there's not really any way to know. Taylor Gray started ninth, so he had looked pretty decent in the heats. Uh, DiBenedetto started 24th. All the way back in 24th. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it just obviously the strategy calls what got DiBenedetto up there. So that worked out for him. But uh, Tanner Gray ends in eighth place. Taylor's odds were shorter than Tanner. Uh, same trucks. Uh, and you probably would have seen something similar from him. Uh, but it just it didn't work out, unfortunately. No, it did not. And I'm sad for it because I would have loved to have seen what Taylor could have done hanging around that top 10 all day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to do your next one? Because I already did my Zane Smith top five. Well, I had Zane Smith, winner of the group F. It doesn't matter who was in that group. Zane did not win that group. I mean, the That's names correct. the names were all in the front of that group because I think one of them was even... Uh, 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 what Logano, are the I think, might have even been in there. Yeah, somebody was in there. but I'm sure Majeski was. It doesn't Majeski really was the cause... name that was in there. So, yeah, that yeah. definitely did not cash, so. Yep, I had the winning number at odd at my plus one twenty. This is why I usually leave the number bets up to Rod. I missed on that. Uh, even was the f- two out of the top, or yeah, two out of the top three finishers were even. Uh, Byron, that's kind of who I was banking on doing well. He finished in third. He was my first odd number driver. Again, even was juiced up pretty well, so I was just kind of looking to be a little different and get the plus money, and it did not pay off. Same with me. I had the under at 47 and a half. I was taking that just to kind of hedge on the fact that uh, if if the guy, if my driver won, cool. If not, and, and it was one of the other ones that was under, then I'd have taken it. But just like you, the top four were all over 47 and a half. The next guy down was Grant Enfinger uh, in fifth. Jake Garcia ended up in sixth. Chase Briscoe, all those guys, even Tanner Gray. In fact, you kind of have to go all the way down to... So from, from the top four, 66, 98, 51, 88, you got to go all the way down to Stuart Friesen in, tw- uh, yeah, Stuart Friesen in 23rd to find another. 19th. <laughs> oh, wait, who? 
Rhodes in 19th, but still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhodes in 19th. So you still got to go down almost but, 15 yeah, that's positions. That's a lot of trucks in there if those if there's more chaos. I mean, there wasn't there was an exact amount of chaos that some of these bets we were just kind of building in for in case there was just crazy chaos. A lot of wrecks and spinouts, but not necessarily a crazy amount of chaos. Uh, my winners, I had William Byron at plus 700. I was really hoping Majeski would go chase Briscoe on Joey Logano, but he could never get close enough to do so. Um, Christian Eckes plus 1800. We already talked about him, got caught up in it early. And Sanchez, 3300. Again, just kind of looking at value on those guys, hoping they could hang around. They ended up getting caught up in the shit, so it was not going to be their day. Yeah, well, I had Ben Rhodes. That didn't happen. That guy had nothing for the field. I don't know what it was. I just he didn't look comfortable in the in the traffic. He didn't look like he could get anywhere because it was definitely definitely hard to pass uh, once you got around. He started 19th, finished in 20th position, so he really he you know lost a position in the whole thing. But he was battling the whole time with all kinds of just nonsense, and he just didn't have it. And he just didn't have he couldn't find the right line, didn't have the right speed. Like it just this was not his race. He went from from being a champion on this track in the dirt to like nothing. And that's that's how humbling this sport can be. Yeah, exactly. And I mean he had owned the dirt prior to this, and, and so that was kind of the the thought there. I feel like he dominated his heat race but it started up front maybe so he didn't get very many passing points uh and yeah he was just kind of mired in the shit all day and it couldn't seem to avoid things it seemed like every time somebody spun out you see ben Rhodes like sliding and it's like nope. and then he just bumped into him you know and it's like Oof. so rough rough going for him unfortunately uh i am glad to put this race in the mirror and not ever look back at it again, uh, and hopefully things will be different in Martinsville this week. Yep. Somebody give me a tear-off, because I want all this dirt <laughs> off of my front <laughs> front view. All I want to do is see a clean windshield when we come back. Um, all right, well, the Cup guys drove in this race as well. We will talk about those when we come back from our break. But let's tell you about folks that you uh, are watching right now. Hello. If you're watching on YouTube, hi. We want to thank you so much for doing so. We have seen our subscribers jump up. We have seen our views, our likes, and our comments. So therefore, you guys are obviously watching us and, and doing exactly what we were hoping you would do uh, in doing all of this fun stuff. Oh, and, and also, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Kevin Grenoble, who left the comments for us. 125,000 cubic yards to cover Daytona. Cody, he said he's going to bring his shovel uh, and wheelbarrow with uh, to, to Daytona. You want to come with us and do this? Yeah, that uh, sounds like a bit of work, but uh, I appreciate his smartness and being able to figure out the math on that, and uh, I'm hoping that he'll he'll shovel most of the load. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring my, uh, my, my bullhorn and just call out orders like I am good. I've, I've got my U.S. Navy shirt on, and uh, I'll bring my cup of coffee like all the chiefs that I uh, learned from and just supervise. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. How are we supposed to do it? I don't know, but whatever you're yeah, doing is wrong. Not the way you're doing it. <laughs> uh, but you're doing it right by listening, by watching, by subscribing, by clicking the bell, by doing all the stuff that you need to to keep our, our little channel chugging along and growing. Again, the bosses are noticing, so we appreciate you for it. Uh, continue to do so, and we will continue to love you as well. Hey everybody, if you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues, and or you're a whiskey fan, yes exactly, check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning, give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets, and suggested fab, market movers, after all, we are the Marks, he is my hubby, and she's J-Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old-fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. So Bristol Dirt makes its triumphant return for the cup cars as well. Not quite as a runaway race as we saw with the uh, trucks earlier, but... Still a very entertaining one nonetheless. Cody, listen, I'm telling you right now, like I said, I'm already done. Like, talking about this is already painful enough, uh, but the listeners know that we must pursue through it. 
much like the guy running in 27th position in this dirt race. Like, he knows he's got to cross the finish line. He's just got to slodge through it to do it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, this did provide some, some highly entertaining moments. I cannot take that away. I just get frustrated at what it takes to get there half the time. Yeah, it, I mean, this I think we would obviously would have a different outlook had our bets turned out slightly differently. Of course, that always is good, but always be transparent with you. Even on losing weeks, we've had plenty and we'll continue to have plenty of winning weeks. So we'll get back there. Don't worry. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it just, this race gave us everything, right? I mean, there was not one specific line on the track. Towards the end, it seemed like maybe you had to be up top to pass. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, there were times where we were four wide up at the front of the pack. Not a bunch of passing for the lead necessarily, but um, strap hit strategy actually came into play here. Tyler Reddick stays out. I'm thinking, what the hell? I said that in the Discord. What the hell is he doing? Like, why they really just shot themselves a foot? Why they stay out? And then we get to the end of stage two, and then everybody pits, and I'm like, what the fuck? So Tyler Reddick, shout out to them. That's why I'm not a crew chief, right? I like, and then Kyle Larson doesn't take tires. You don't take tires. What are you doing? Don't fucking pit if you're not going to take tires. What I I just didn't get. I don't know why they pitted anyways because you pit, you don't pit. You've already got enough fuel. You let Reddick go to the back. You get to the front and you just run away with things. The whole thing just kind of shocked me. I, I didn't really understand that strategy. Obviously, it backfired big time on him. Uh, but I mean, we got we got the rivalry aspect of it, right? Priest and Larson going at it. That whole saga is, is going to be interesting. I mean, generally, NASCAR would announce a penalty right away or in race, nothing from them. This is going to be very interesting because Priest was very clear on his radio. I guess it. Clear it's, and not. It wasn't clear. a podcast, it, Cody. It wasn't a podcast. Yeah. It well, and it's heat, heat of the moment, right? So I guess you take that into account. But I mean, it was very obvious that he wrecked him on purpose. I don't see how that's any different than what Denny Hamlin did. Now, do I think that that should be a penalty? No. Do I love to see it? Yes. But if you're going to penalize Denny for doing it a couple of weeks ago, how can you not penalize Priest? And Priest walked the line afterwards, right? He's like, well, I wasn't trying to wreck him. It was just I when I said that it was no whatever. I don't remember what his comment was on the radio, but it was something about no more of this or something. And he's like, "Yeah, I just meant you know I wasn't going to give anybody else room or like." It was very out. Like I guarantee, if you look at the SMT, he turns his wheel to the right and slams Larson to the wall. Which, again, great. I love to see it. Like let, again, let these guys settle it on the track. Let them fight afterwards. Whatever. But if you're going to penalize Denny a couple weeks ago, how do you not penalize? I don't I don't know. We'll have to see where that goes, if it goes anywhere, if anything comes of it. Speaking of penalties, too, just a, a quick note. Uh, Hendrick is not going to to appeal the Bayer and Bowman penalties uh, that we talked about after they went to the R&D Center. Uh, the team statement by HMS uh, is... Uh, HMS says it's best served by devoting our time to and resources to competing each weekend and adds the penalty had nothing to do with the team's on-track performance, a.k.a. they're not appealing this because they don't want their cars to be randomly selected to R&D every week. <laughs> we'll let NASCAR have the last word. Hopefully this is the end of that. Yeah, funny, but uh, yeah, just wanted to, to give that quick note out quick as well. <laughs> just quit calling us into the principal's office. We swear to God we're going to quit uh, actually graffitiing your wall, but just stop calling us, please. Okay, fine. You caught me. I'm done, all right? Just, I'll take my punishment. I'll tuck my tail. Just leave me alone. Please, just for the rest of the season, just don't call on me anymore. It's like, I know the answer is just stop calling on me. Exactly. Um, And then one other thing, too. We are eight races in, Rod. We have seven different winners. We thought that this year might be different. We thought that maybe the parity wouldn't be the same. Seven winners in eight races. It's uh, it's looking looking good. We're gonna have to have maybe have that conversation about will there be more than sixteen winners in the regular season again here soon? You know, I was thinking about this on my long, long commute to work this morning, and I was thinking about the fact that how daunting of a task it must be for these guys to have been. I mean, 
even Denny himself had sounded like he was he wasn't having it already working on Easter. But I think the mental toll that it takes for these guys to not just I mean it's entertaining for us. Don't get us wrong. We absolutely look. Don't ever change it. But if you're a NASCAR driver to go from you know a short track to dirt from road courses to mile and a half to super speedways, like there's no human beings are are folks that run on on some sort of regiment, right? Whether that's chaos for some, but more than often, especially guys who are, are race car drivers who run laps, like you want those laps to be almost the same. And so when you throw a driver from a super speedway to a mile and a half, to a mile, to a mile and a half super speedway, to a, a, a road course, to a dirt track, to a short track, and just all of this different stuff, obviously from state to state to state to state, like that's got to be a real rough go right now for these guys. And, and I'm sure that the whatever one bye week they get this season can't come quick enough because they've got to be. And you saw tempers flaring out there, obviously. You talked about Priest and, and Larson. Like, Priest doesn't normally get in, and, and he doesn't race around Kyle Larson very often. So for him to, to get into uh, Larson already, it's like these guys, they're running on fumes at this point, and they still got a while to go. Like you said, eight different winners, or seven different winners, rather, in eight races I don't think that's letting up because these guys are under, they're in it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the schedule going forward, you got Martinsville, uh, you know, a short, flat, paperclip shaped track next week. Then you're at Talladega, the biggest track, you know, biggest oval on the circuit, back to super speedway racing. Then it's Dover, uh, you know, a mile ish, but it's high banked and fast speeds. Then you're going to Kansas. That's a mile and a half. Then you're at Darlington. That's kind of in between. Then it's Wilkesboro, like it's all different coming up. Although Denny, I haven't got through his full podcast today. I was listening to it a little bit earlier, but he did say, and I quote, market down starting now. Th- or wait, ugh, I'll start the quote over because I fucked it up. <laughs> uh, market down starting now. This week, the 11 car goes on a run and gets hot. Uh, and then he named off. Because he said, you know, we got Martinsville, Talladega, Dover, Kansas. He is ready to go. Denny Hamlin says the 11 cars hot streak starts this weekend. So uh, bet him bet him as you will with uh, those confident words coming from Denny on the actions detrimental. Well, we uh, we bet on him a little bit there uh, in, in some of our bets, and he did not deliver this week. But who did? His teammate, Christopher Bell, leading 100 laps in this race, really just kind of took away with it. Uh, Tyler Reddick led 69 of those laps as well. Kyle Larson, obviously the the man of the hour in that first stage, led 75 laps. Uh, Obviously, like we said, he got into it with with Ryan Priest, and his day was over. God, I wonder what would have happened. Again, your your pit strategy is too, screwing you all up. You know, he should have never left the front. Never left the front. Yeah. You well, especially if you're not. If you're getting the tires, I get it. But if you're not getting the tires, there couldn't have been that many changes for as good as that car seemingly was. That I, I don't know. And I will say too that kind of very dirt heavy guys up at the top of this this year. Like this is kind of what we had expected originally. Larson obviously fast, doesn't get the finish, but Christopher Bell, big dirt guy. Tyler Reddick, big dirt guy. Austin Dillon actually has an extensive dirt history. Uh, Richard Childress is his grandfather, obviously. Uh, when him and Ty Dillon started racing, he made them start on dirt because he thought it would teach them car control and, and was stuff they needed to learn. Ricky Stenhouse, huge dirt guy. Chase Briscoe, my only comment on him is I hope BJ McLeod beats him every race the rest of the year. Uh, he's a big dirt guy. Justin Haley is a big dirt guy. Uh, and then, you know, you got some surprises up there, Truex and Gillen. Kevin Harvick, no surprise, gets another top 10. Uh, Ty Gibbs squeezes his way into a top 10. We'll get into it when we go, <laughs> when we get into the, that part of the betting recap. But uh, Dirt Guy's definitely to the top of the board this race, which is what we had expected to see two years ago and hadn't really seen as much. So, what's amazing is that with 14 cautions, 73 laps in this 250 lap race, we did not go to overtime. We did not have a phantom last caution. Oh, man. Oh, Ross Chastain. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Get the f- you have to, you have to re- I mean, all these memes all week, he fucks everything up, and he fucks up the finish. I had gotten on Reddick live, 
and Reddick was going to make a run for it. It was going to be, there was going to be an exciting finish, and they fucked it all up by wrecking. And not, Josh Berry did a great job, got out of the way. I think Chastain was pretty damaged and couldn't get out of the way, but I'm blaming him anyways. Get out of the fucking way. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and start going over our bets because one of them does involve Chastain. It does. My first one, I had Alex Bowman over Ross Chastain. Uh, and even though Ross Chastain spun on the last lap, somehow Bowman finishes one spot behind him in 29th, Chastain in 28th. Yeah, this was just a rough, a rough matchup there. I thought that Bowman just with the momentum, the way he'd been running and Chastain's lack of, I mean, we pointed out Chastain has sucked on the dirt races. Like he's had issues. He's, I don't think he finished either of the two previous ones or was 30, 35th and 37th or something like that. Uh, and again, not a great finish all the way back in 27th or 28th rather, but just good enough to beat Bowman, unfortunately. Yeah. Again, I just, I, I'm going to get through these because I'm, I'm probably going to puke if, if I can't, if I spend too much time on any one of these. Um, I had McDowell as a top 10 car. <laughs> McDowell finished in 10th place. I don't care. I saw it with my own eyes. It happened, but unfortunately, Loop data. Nope, wait, well, hold on. I'm looking. Nope. Looks like Ty Gibbs finished in 10th place. That'll cash my top 10 at plus 250. Thanks, Rod. And, Sorry for your uh, McDowell, but uh, and my mute, Ty Gibbs cash is mute Cody. And, and, <laughs> and Rod's uh, McDowell gets kicked out. Multiple people in the Discord had both. Uh, one guy had gotten paid out already by, I think it was FanDuel, and uh, they took the money back from him. So. I guess if there's a mistake like that, withdraw quickly. I don't know if that works or not, but uh, rough. It, yeah, again, with these, and that's why you got to make sure too, like check 5, 10, 20 minutes after the race is over when we have, when it ends under caution because they go back and it's not uh, on the finish of the race. They go back and look, they break everything down like frame by frame exactly when the caution comes out and it's what the camera shows rather than the score timing and scoring. So likely he had crossed the last scoring and timing loop ahead of Gibbs, but the caution had been out previously, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But luckily I cashed mine. Unfortunately, Rod did not cash his. Just how it goes, I guess. Although you didn't put official top five in there for Gibbs. I had top, or top, top 10. ten. Where? Yeah. Uh, in the third column, the second half. I had him at top Toyota. At oh, there it is. To top one. 10. To, yeah, you're right. I'm and sorry. Top 10. You, yeah. top 10 you fit two, so much into the boxes. I can't. I don't know what. Well, I got to squeeze in what I can. I did throw him in there as top Toyota. Yeah, you and did. And I said, in case, you know, shit hits the fan and crazy things happen. Now, three Toyotas finished ahead of him. Wasn't a huge surprise for that. That was kind of oh. just building on. But shout out to Ty Gibbs. Three, three ninth place finishes in a row. Now a 10th place finish. Like, again, he's really he's stacking monster cans or something like. It's it's looking up for Ty Gibbs, and he's going to be a guy. I'm excited to see where uh, top ten odds fall this week. Those are not out yet, but Barstool does have uh, odds out for winner, and he's fifty to one again. So wow. likely you're going to get solid top ten odds again. Likely I'm going to hammer that again because uh, I mean he is he's putting it together, and this kid is so freaking talented. Uh, so going to be a lot of betting on him in the future. I also had, uh, well, I guess, yeah, you can go with your next one. Well, I mean, we both had Hamlin, like I said, in a head-to-head. I had Hamlin yeah. over Stenhouse. Hamlin was nowhere to be seen. You you already knew that his head was not in tra- it this week. He transitioned into a dirt modified at one point during that race. The oh, whole, my God. The whole front end was gone. It was and toast. Were rough. <laughs> yeah, that, that 11 car did not enjoy the day. He got into it in lap 75, and, uh, you know, it just didn't didn't look good for Denny at all. Although I did cash my bet, did you had him over Stenhouse, which did not cash. No, but I had him over Blaney, uh, which did cash despite Blaney looking good. Here is uh, Ryan Blaney's season so far. At Daytona, he got wrecked twice. At Auto Club, he got wrecked on a restart. At Las Vegas, he had a bad pit call. At Phoenix, he finished a second. <laughs> Just a great day for him there. Uh, Atlanta speeds goes four laps down. Coda wrecked by Kyle Larson. Richmond, multiple pit issues. And then Bristol Dirt this week. It's wrecked by Chase Briscoe. He was on the front row on that final restart. Was it seven, eight laps to go? Briscoe just doing Briscoe things. 
plowing through guys as he does on Bristol Dirt and uh, fucking up another day for Ryan Blaney. That was basically my entire handicap was things are going to go wrong for Blaney. And again, I was, even though things didn't go great for Denny. Uh, this one was also close. Man, again, these line makers, they're just so good at this. Guys finishing back-to-back positions. Um, but Blaney finishes 23rd. Hamlin finishes 22nd. So luckily squeaked out the cash on that one. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I did cash one. Yay! Ryan Blaney <laughs> over Ross Chastain. That one was lucky. Yeah, we got both sides of the Blaney card. <laughs> we did too. Yeah, you you had uh, yeah, but we talked about it too. We were like, as long as you know Blaney finishes in the middle there, then we're good. Yep. So, and he did. He finished in between uh, both uh, Hamlin and Chastain. So we were good. Uh, he finished above Hamlin and or, I mean, um, yeah, uh, below Hamlin and above Chastain. So all good for me. Like I said, I I was happy about that one. It didn't take much, and Chastain, like we said, suffered again. So. Thank goodness Blaney just managed to sneak past him. Yeah, uh, and I had Briscoe top five at plus 165. He did cash that one for me. Held on to fifth there at the end. Man, I really thought, I don't know why he took so long to try and make a move on Bell. Uh, He just waited too long, and then Tyler Reddick ended up catching him, and then once Reddick got around him, he was never going to have a chance again. I don't know if he was scared to do something that happened last year and and take the top guy out again or what the deal was. Uh, like I said, you probably won't see me betting on him much again as we head to a short flat track this week. I'll probably change my mind on that, but we'll see. Uh, and I also threw out Harvick top four to 10 to one. Again, this was just not that Harvick was going to be great here. It was just he was going to get a solid finish, right? Uh, you look early. He's running 32nd, not much going. Somebody even said to me, wow, Harvick is not doing great. I said, let's, uh, let's just keep an eye on his tally at the end of the day because it's going to be good. And like he does, Again, top 10 finish, gets in ninth, ends up being the third forward, uh, but Briscoe in fifth. Uh, Gilland, another good finish, him in eighth. Again, pit strategy call for them. That paid off really well. Uh, but Harvick third finishing forward, and I think a 10 to 1, that were still really good odds on that because you just knew you can get that good finish from him every freaking week. He does it again, and had things just gone a little bit differently for those other two forwards, he could have easily cashed that one. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. Well, I had Ty Gibbs over Josh Berry. And like you had said, Ty Gibbs, even if he would have finished 11th, would have still finished over Josh Berry. Uh, not a good day for that nine team. They just didn't uh, didn't run hit, hit well. the over on times Josh Berry got spun. Oh, my God. He started was, in the heat race. <laughs> ugh. And then, yeah, and then he was caught up in that lap 75 uh, wreck where, where Denny was part of it. And then that last one. He also got caught up in in the last last lap in there oh, with last lap. Yeah. Yep, Suarez with the two track house guys. It was the nine, the ninety nine, and the one that got messed up in that one. But uh, that, in fact, it was if it wasn't for that, then Barry would have probably finished over Gibbs. But uh, luckily, uh, Ty Gibbs snuck his way up in the top ten. I cash my bet. Huzzah! Speaking of the ninety nine, I had Daniel Suarez top ten plus one ten. I felt really really good about this one. I'm looking for my milk carton to put Daniel Suarez on. He was nowhere to be found this entire weekend. Looked like shit in the heat race. Looked like shit in the race. Man, he'd been good. He'd led a ton of laps the last two times we'd been here. That's what I was leaning heavily on, and he just did not show up all weekend. I don't. I never saw him. I don't know where he was. I don't know if he was even on the track. Just a bad day for Suarez, so he was nowhere close to the top 10. Like you said, he got caught up in that last lap kerfuffle there and uh he finishes in 25th after starting in 34th and i am not really sure he got much better than that all day Nah, he definitely was a non-factor in fact you know again we say a lot of the guys that get talked about on the broadcast are the ones that you kind of keep your eye on because they're the ones that are up front i mean they don't normally talk about the back markers very often it doesn't matter who it is i mean even if it's a notable person in the back you don't normally spend a lot of time talking about the folks in the back unless they're getting into trouble so Daniel Suarez was one of those, especially at the end of the race. Oh, this next one hurt. I had Kyle Busch and Joey Logano to both be top three cars. And Kyle Busch was a top three car at the end of stage one. And then, you know, obviously at the end of the, the stage, comes back out with all of the guys that had stayed out. And I thought, well, he could find his way back up to the front. And uh, at the end of stage two, he actually was still in, uh, what was it, sixth place at the end of stage two. 
But then the trouble started happening. I mean, he was a front runner for a very, very long time. And then next thing you know, he's just having a rough go. And then on lap 236, he spins out. And that was about it because then he had suspension problems and he had to come off the track at 236. And that ended his day. He led six laps of this race. And I thought for sure he was going to be good to go for a top three. But I already knew this bet was sunk once Joey Logano opened his trap at the end of that truck race. I was like, dude. You're done, blew it for us now because now, well, now you have a bad What day. lap did Joey Logano go out on? It was so early in the race. 96 it, is when Joey Logano went fell out. a lot earlier than that. But yeah. yeah, he was out early, so of course that killed that. Kyle Busch, again, was having a great day. I wonder, he had contact with his teammate Austin Dillon that kind of sent him into the wall. You didn't really see much of him after that. I wonder if that kind of threw stuff off. Obviously, the suspension issues late after the spin and everything, that kind of ended his day. Uh, for winners, I had Chase Briscoe, 10 to 1. Again, he, he was in the mix throughout the day, had his chances at this, ends up finishing in fifth, so-so. Uh, William Byron, 13 to 1, finishes in 13th. Uh, I had felt like maybe his momentum would just carry him into this. The time on the track on Friday, or yeah, Saturday, I guess, in the truck race would maybe help. Didn't quite, I guess, so much. He finishes 13th. Daniel Suarez, 25 to 1. Again, I was leaning on his past track history, how much he had led here. Again, MIA for Suarez. Uh, so just, yeah, Briscoe, I mean, I, I felt like I was on the right track. It was kind of a toss up with Briscoe and Bell. Obviously, I picked the wrong one. Uh, they were similarly priced. I think the Bell was maybe 8 to 1. Briscoe was 10 to 1. That's probably, probably why I went with Briscoe. He's so fast last season, he was so close to getting it done. He had something for Bell for a little bit, but once Reddit caught him, he just he couldn't ever really recover from that and uh, and wasn't able to get back up there, unfortunately. No, sir. All right. Well, I had Kyle Larson to win, and unfortunately, that did not well, happen. Looked uh, so bro, good. Looked good for the first stage. It was That was looking golden. And then all hell broke loose during the caution as far as strategies were concerned. And I mean, yeah, I think he had the car. He could. I don't know why. I don't know why. Even still, like it just doesn't make any sense to me why he couldn't get back up to the front after that first yeah. caution. And I just I don't get the tire thing, and, and maybe having the relief crew chief, you know, the backup crew chief, has something to do with it. That was Larson's call. He specifically said, "Can I not take tires?" And they said that was fine. I, I just I didn't understand all of that. We've seen that happen from this five camp a few different times. We've seen it on road courses, notably a couple of times where. They just make some calls, and it's like, gosh, it leaves you scratching your head. Now, Reddick did the same thing. I mean, I was really scratching my I was like, you have a fast car, and you just completely fucked yourself, and I was very wrong there. He obviously ends up with a second-place finish, but yeah, I just, man, these these five, the call from the five car just really baffled me. I don't even know if it was the tires as much as it was pitting again. Like, it just Well, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, losing all the, the spots without gaining the tire advantage whatever there might have been for that like it just it really made i didn't understand why you pitted anyway or yeah pitted period but if you do pit why do you not take tires I, I did not get that especially when you don't have the option at that point you didn't have the option to change tires unless one was flat after that because that's that's the rules with the non-live pit stops and all so yeah again just very baffling head scratching i'm just a guy who sits here and talks about it i can't i don't make the decisions i, I can't no. I can't even begin to, to say that I know what that, that is, but it didn't He'll work win out. Three of the next four weeks and it yeah. look like you did. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> That's why they get paid the big bucks. <laughs> uh, and then I also had Martin Truex Jr. at 25 to one. You laugh, but Martin Truex Jr. Found himself up with a seventh place finish. I mean, he wasn't a factor most of the day. In fact, he wasn't even really a front runner all day, all, uh, all day long. He did finish stage two in uh, what is that? Seventh position. Um, so again, he was up in the front and ended up finishing in seventh when the day was all done. He wasn't going to win and he didn't have the car to win, but you know, those six cars in front of him implode or get into each other and he's hanging back just enough to, to run the bottom. He wins, whatever. Well, what? as many cautions as we had, I mean, there could have been overtime restarts. A number of things could have happened like for 25 to one for him to finish seventh, you were looking for chaos to be at the end and the chaos didn't necessarily happen the way that it would have resulted in him getting up there. But 
I mean, a good solid bet. I, I, again, I'm not betting on Truex anytime soon, but it was a solid bet for the value you got and where he ends up running and finishing. It was an interesting one to say the least. Um, all right, well, we move to Martinsville next week. Sunday, April the 16th, and we will be back again and back at it with uh, bets for the Martinsville race, as we always do. All three series in action, too. So we got, we got Trucks, Cup, and Xfinity. Indy cars back this week. Whew, it's good. Good week for racing. Good week for racing. Um, all right. Well, Cody, let's put, uh, please, let's just take the dirt off of this and uh, and, and go home and wash the, the, wash the cars, wash the trucks, wash ourselves uh, of all of this. Uh, props to you guys in the Discord channel. I didn't get a chance to watch this live with you guys, but man, let me tell you, after I got done watching the race, scrolling through, seeing the agony and the angst, that was a lot of fun uh, to do as well. Made yes. me feel better. Yeah, new names every week too popping up in there, so it's it's awesome to see, and yeah, it, uh, it gets to be a lot to keep up with, which is a great thing, and that's very active chat. Uh, appreciate all you guys that are already in there talking about who they're watching for top 10s this week when the odds come out discussing uh you know the odds that are out already barstool at least has the winners out early on here so uh yeah gonna be another fun week this one should hopefully be a little easier to uh to play some bets on than than the chaotic bristol dirt cross our fingers i say that now but we may have joey lagana ourselves we may have invited karma to come back and take a big chunk <laughs> yeah, out of we'll our see. ass so um all right well until we come back again tomorrow why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media Yep, follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. You can find all my work over there. Follow the show as well, at NASCAR Gambling. Follow me on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media. The Back Road, Thursday, we'll be talking Martinsville Speedway with Seth and Elliot. In the meantime, we'll be back tomorrow. Cup odds should drop by then, and we'll talk to you about the Martinsville Speedway race, the NOCO 400. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go racing and let it ride.